Did you ever have a class that behavior was such a problem that you could not control them? Dude, it's like that every day, man. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? This is Ben Landers. I'm the founder of the PEspecialist.com, and I just want to say thanks for being here. You're listening to the Fizz Ed Q&A Show. I hope this is an awesome, valuable conversation that will help give you some ideas and answer some common questions around the field of physical education. If you want any links for things that we talk about or summaries, make sure to check out the show notes at thepespecialist.com slash podcast. And without further ado, let's get into the show. All right. Welcome back, friends. Welcome back. If you are uh, wondering... Why does this audio sound so crispy? It's because we got some new microphones. <laughs> they look good, man. They, are, they look really good. Man. We're trying to be in an official podcast and get some up the uh, production quality a little bit. So, yeah. Hope you enjoy it. And um, thanks for listening. Sorry it's been a while. Congrats to Marcus. He had a kid since our last Number podcast. Two. Let's Number give two. him a hand. Congratulations. Added to the family. Yes, sir. Yes, how's sir. Life, how's life with two, man? Two is beautiful, man. I mean, yeah. you know how it is. You got multiples. You, like, you just never. You could never think that your heart can be full with more, but like, dude, it's it's amazing. I mean, he's getting in the routine. Big brother's loving life. Wife is doing good. So I mean, we're blessed. I can't complain at all. That's awesome. Yeah, man. man. My favorite. Well, one of my favorite things is like, especially with Ellery, my oldest. Yeah. She's starting to like get out of those stages. They're just so cool and like oh, yeah. just love. And you're like, oh man, she's growing up. Yeah. But then like you get to experience it again. Oh yeah. With your other kid for sure. It's just nice I understand to be able that. to do that. How's uh How's your family doing, man? We're good, dude. Yeah. We had a busy uh busy summer. Yeah. Slam packed summer. Back into the swing of things. Okay. School now. Yeah, you got two of them in school. First season of soccer this year with my oh, oldest. How's that going? Soccer's good. It's good, man. Yeah. yeah. We were doing dance, so I'm. It's more fun for me, like yeah. watching a soccer game. Yeah, yeah. So I'm into it. Cool. Yeah. That's good, man. Yeah, it's That's fun, good. Man. You want to kick us off with the iTunes review? Yes, sir. I've been looking up on iTunes, so we would love any time that you are listening to a podcast. If you want to drop a review, give us a five-star. That's going to help us out. Um, this one comes from Dre Lim. He says, a big thank you, high school PE teacher turned elementary school PE teacher here. Nice. All of your resources and ideas have been so helpful. I appreciate you taking the time to share all you have, excuse me, and a lot of what you've created. I look at you often to help for help and ideas. Please keep it going. Hey, there we go. That's <laughs> what we like to hear. Glad it's Please helpful. keep it going. We're doing our best. Yes, sir. Good stuff. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, we're going to get right into it because Marcus is about to actually have to bounce for some basketball practice. But um, you want to read one of the questions off the uh Google Doc, and then I'll read one from IG Stories. Sounds good. We'll go back and forth. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Can. All right, this first one comes from one of our members uh, on the membership site. He has any music playlist recommendations for K-5 to play during activities in class. So, uh, Ben, you kick us off with some some music ideas of what you like to do in Over your class. Shower. <laughs> uh, that's an easy one. We got our, all of our playlists linked up at thepspecialist.com slash music. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll find it's pretty heavy on surfaces recently. That's yes. like my favorite go-to band. Oh, yeah. Just They're like awesome. Such a good vibe. Yeah. And, um, you know, usually I pick a few of the kid bop, 
like from the most recent album, like, okay. like two or three of my favorite ones on that. Mm-hmm. And then me and Marcus are always sharing music. Sharing and music all the time. Anytime we find a good jam, we'll, we'll share it out to each other. Yeah, it's really good to, you know, talk to you about like inspiration and where you find music because it's hard nowadays because you can't play everything in the gym. Yeah. But music is so important to our learning. Our students, they, they respond to it. Like literally, if we stop the music, our kids are stopping. But, uh, I mean, what's been working for me is, like, finding old-school remixes and stuff. So, we'll take maybe, like, an Earth, Wind & Fire song or something like that and find a remix of it and do something like that. Um, those have been really good because a lot of that stuff is now being sampled in today's music. And so, like, the kids will know, mm-hmm. like, oh, <laughs> man, this sounds familiar from what I'm listening to right now. So, yeah. um, I mean, like we always talk about music, and music is, is very important. So, if you have some music ideas or anything like that, Please comment, send us some of that stuff. We love we love getting new music. And like Ben said, you can always go to our site and, and figure out some of the music on there. But music is key, key to our management. If we don't have the music playing, um, if we didn't have music in our class, it would definitely be more difficult to, to structure and manage our classrooms. So Yeah, I'm, I'm playing music all day, every day. Anytime kids are moving, my music is on. All the time. All right, good stuff. So coming from IG, uh, Terrapin9 says... Did you ever have a class that behavior was such a problem that you could not control them? Dude, it's like that every day, man. <laughs> and I, I'll tell you that, I mean, you you know how we are at our school district. We have an awesome school district. Our school, our kids are amazing. Um, I cannot complain about our students. They are amazing. They always do great. But everybody's got problems. Everybody's got something going on. So if I have a class personally, if, if there's something going on in the class and students just cannot follow directions, they cannot. First of all, I have to give them some grace because you never know where they're coming from or what's going on in their situation. Uh, but first, as a teacher, I'm going to give them grace. And then I'm just going to refer back to our rules and our expectations in class. And if they're not following the rules and expectations in class, that's a chance for you to teach them about how important it is to first listen. And I talk about all the time, listening is a skill. I mean, you might have a couple of years, but it takes a skill for you to listen. And following directions is going to help you be successful. No matter what kind of activities I teach you, if you can listen and follow directions, you're going to be very successful in life. And that's the, you know, the soapbox that I get on a lot of times when when my students or our students aren't doing what they're supposed to do. But I mean, I know it's not, we are very lucky to have very great students but anytime that I'm in a situation like that, I always refer back to our, our rules and standards and making sure that students are listening and following directions and, and doing all those things like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've, I've definitely had classes like that. I go back to uh, anytime I have a really bad like kindergarten or 4K class and we're, <laughs> yeah. we're talking about it with like our related arts team, yeah. like trying to brainstorm like what's working for you. Yeah. I always say it wasn't as bad as that one year. It's <laughs> that True. one class that I'll always remember. True. Like, it was a 4k group man and they it's like four or five kids just running across the the gym like throwing equipment around and you tell them to stop they don't do it you're you're calling admin support almost every day yeah and you just have to like what i had to do is totally modify my entire curriculum Mm -hmm. to basically not use much equipment to move like very slow yeah do lots of very basic stations um and like marcus said you're, you're you're going back to those rules and procedures and stuff um i had a had a, i've had a pretty rough group of fifth graders a few times okay where it was like we had a few kids that were new yeah so it's like their first year at my school 
didn't haven't know. really come up in my culture, Correct. my PE culture. Oh yeah, I understand. And so then they were like just always cheating, mm-hmm. being disrespectful, talking, not giving very much effort. Um, and so with that class, what I did was like the other fifth grade classes would be doing basketball tournament. Yeah. With them, I was like, hey, we're not ready for a basketball tournament because y'all are like on a second grade level. So we got to do a second grade lesson today. So yeah. we're going to be doing to learn how to dribble. Mm-hmm. And it was just a few of those where they, a few of them started to really buy in and like get that positive peer pressure for going. Sure. So, man, you just got to like find those kids that you know are like right on the edge and that class that you're talking about where mm-hmm. the behavior is so bad and try to pull them in and then they pull a few more kids in uh, but that class was always my least favorite class to teach yeah like, not, it's yeah. not gonna change the fact that it's gonna be a hard group of kids but it did help like going back in a grade level and then using that as kind of a reward it's like look if you're gonna act like fifth graders we'll, we'll do fifth grade stuff but yeah i can't trust you to act like fifth graders we're gonna do a second grade lesson or sometimes you got you have to you have to change your default because a lot of times when you're in a tough class like that you want to go negative and you want to go all that kind of stuff but if you change your default to like I'm gonna praise this kid that's always doing what they're supposed to do and lead that as as an example and hopefully other ones will follow along then you start to create that positive culture in your class like you talk about yeah. and if I'm going to second grade lesson but this kid the student is doing what they're supposed to do that's going to be my default feedback to them. I'm going to make sure that I praise that student. I'm going to make sure that I'm always acknowledging when that student's doing what they're supposed to do. And hopefully the other ones will follow along and, and, and join in with the group. So, yeah. Um, and this is that conversation about trust too. Yes. Like I just remember having that over and over so many times. Cause like, yes. look, you're about to be in middle school. Yes. You want to have friends. Yes. You want people to want to play with you. If you can't be trusted to like play a game, nobody's gonna want to play with you man <laughs> for like, real why are you for ruining real. this fun game that we could be playing yeah. trying to cheat every time we play the game yeah um but it's just uh it, it's harder when you have new new kids coming in so yeah. depending on how much influx you have of new students and stuff at your school and your situation yeah. that can be harder because like the kids that have been with me for six years they know good to go you know yeah, like they know they're already yeah. they got the right culture the yeah. right mindset for the most part yeah. um but yeah that's tough and it's just uh it's a battle every day teaching yeah. man and it's gonna be like that for a long time <laughs> yeah and sometimes man I, and uh you know people ask about like with kindergarten and 4k and all that sometimes it's survival man sometimes it's just like hey what what can what's one thing that they can take away from this lesson yeah to remember for the next time and yeah. that may be hey just make sure you walk in like you're supposed to and like that might be like that sometimes. So you just got to, you know, change your default, um, come up with some ideas, some different things, keeping things simple and referring back to those standards and rules and expectations that you refer to. That's going to help your class and, you know, move along where you want them to go. Yeah. That just reminded me of uh, with my kindergarten first kiddos, mm-hmm. like since I can't really say you're in kindergarten, you're acting like a three-year-old or a three-year-old <laughs> lesson. Like we don't have three-year-olds at our school. Yeah. So with them, if it gets real bad, sometimes I'll just scratch that lesson of the day and we'll do a falling directions game. Okay. Or challenge. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, look, we're really struggling to fall directions. So we're going to practice falling directions today. That's going to be our lesson. If you show me that you can fall directions, we're going to have a PE lesson next week. Yeah. And you'll come back. Yeah. And so I'll have them sit down and I'm going to say, I'm going to tell you three directions. You have to do them in order and you got to do it quietly and come back and sit down. And I'll say something like, I just make it up on the spot. Like, yeah. hey, you got to go touch something blue. 
you're going to go touch the rock wall map. You're going to go touch one walking line, which is like our end lines of our gym, mm-hmm. and then sit down crisscross applesauce, and then we'll do it. And then some kids always go touch the rock wall first, yeah. or they go touch the other line. So, <laughs> hey, you didn't do it in the right order, so mm-hmm. we got to do it again because it matters the order that I tell you to do things. So we'll practice again. And if they do that, I'll add one extra direction. So then mm-hmm. I'll tell them four things to do. Um, and then, you know, sometimes we don't do it quietly. So we got to go back and try it again. Yeah, try it again. Um, so doing that sometimes helps as well. Just resetting those expectations, practicing those expectations. Yeah. Um, but man, struggle. We're, we're right there with you and uh, yeah. we're at good Every schools day. too. And so, we're at good schools yeah. and, and we struggle at, at it as well. It's a lot of well. behaviors, a lot of behaviors. For sure. All right. We're going to jump into uh, another question from our member form on our uh, website. This one's about long-term sub plans. So I'll be taking personal long-term from October to winter break. And um, got a guest teacher, not PE certified, but I have worked with them a couple of several times. Um, what are some, some, some ideas? They were struggling putting together some ideas for a long-term sub. So uh, just want to throw that at you. What are your, your, your ideas on a long-term sub or any, kind, any type of sub plans or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, it just all depends on the sub. Like I've had, uh, one time when I was out for the birth of my first child, mm-hmm. I was out for three weeks. That's the longest I've ever been out. Okay. Um, I was able to get a student teacher that didn't have a job yet to come and sub for me for three weeks. So like in that situation, it worked out. Yeah. I knew exactly his capability. Like I knew he, if I gave him a unit plan, he was going to be able to Figure execute, the, execute unit plan, the plan and it was yeah. going to be a phys ed lesson. And I've had other situations where I had a teacher that came in and like when I came back to school, my equipment room was like totally wrecked. And <laughs> oh, like, man. you know, you talk about like trust. Yeah. Like, I don't call that sub anymore because yeah. I don't trust them to like be in my gym. Yeah. Um, so it just depends on you're saying that you've had a, a little bit of contact with them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not PE certified. Uh, being PE certified to me doesn't mean as much as if I actually know they can teach. Correct. Like I, and yeah. the situation I had where the, equipment room was a disaster it was a pe certified sub yeah i've had non-pe people that came in and it was like kids had great feedback equipment room was put back how it was Mm -hmm. i asked them what they did and they did everything they were supposed to do so um for me if it's somebody i can trust i just leave them like the normal unit plan that i would use and i try to link up any videos on my youtube channel and things like that correct visuals are really helpful Mm -hmm. um and leave as many notes about like how to set up i actually have a little video uh that's connected to a QR code on my sub plan. It's just real generic about when I was, when I was setting up the gym one day, I just had Film my phone myself. and did yeah. a little selfie video. And I was like, Hey, thanks for coming in. This is how you set the gym up. Here's where the key is. Here's how to connect the music. It's just a one shot, five minutes, pull everything out. This is how you lock it all back up. And then I connected that to sub plan just cause if it's somebody's first time, it's a lot to, it's a lot going set on. Set up yeah. an equipment room, pull yeah. open equipment room, set up a gym. Um, but for me, it depends on what we're doing. I would try to do something where it's like, you know, a throwing and catching unit. If you're going to be out for a long time, long enough to do a unit or maybe jump rope, you know, jumping rope unit where it's very like pretty easy progressions. And I could leave a slideshow for them to show them with some animated along. gifts and they can yeah. just use a slideshow kind of as a, a way to structure the unit. Yeah. Um, but it comes down to who, like who's the sub and what's their oh, capability. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I mean, if you have somebody who's capable, you can keep your same curriculum. But if you don't have anybody that's capable, you're going to want simple 
activities with minimum equipment that they can set up and do for multiple grade levels and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, like Ben said, if you could be proactive and go, you know, visualize and give some visuals, maybe it be slides or videos or something for them, um, that can help. But if you're, if you're overwhelmed and it's something that's coming soon, you're going to want to keep it simple, minimum equipment with activities and visuals that they can do for a long time. So, um, Long-term sub, especially in PE, is difficult. But, yeah, if you can set yourself up as you're going along with some ideas and stuff, if you're ever out or miss any activity or miss any any work time, that can set you up in the long run. Yeah, man. Um, if I'm going to be only out for, like, a day, I know this isn't the question was, like, a, a long-term sub, but yeah. if I'm only going to be out for a day, I usually just leave something simple, like a tag game with mm-hmm. some station activities. Yeah. Um, but if you're going to be out for a long time, you do want to have an actual – some instruction going on for sure. So you should leave like an actual yeah. unit. Yeah. Um, I right, will here. say uh, just one piggy. Yeah. Go for if it. you, I mean, we at my school, we have two PE teachers. So if one of us is out, uh, obviously the other one's leading while the other one's there, the sub is their assistant. So if you have something like that, if you have some, you know, office work that you need to do, that's a great time for them to do that, especially they're not planning anything. So if you have a long-term sub and you're getting set up for, field day or something like that they can handle all that kind of stuff as well uh, if you need stuff printed and all that kind of stuff the subs are really good at you know helping out as well as that so if you're in a situation where you have two pe teachers there you can always have that sub helping out especially long term um, trying to get stuff done as well yeah man it's clutch having two people because then you know at least something's going to be a something's going to get done yeah, yeah. Um, all right, we got one from IG. Says this is from Hector. He said, um, "How do we keep the peace with other department members who aren't as passionate about teaching PE? It's difficult to do my own thing when we rely on each other so much from day-to-day planning, equipment, space, and grading." Ooh, that's a good question. And then it, it's kind of referred back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, you know, giving other people grace. Uh, you never know what somebody's going through. You never know what kind of situation that they're in. But if you don't see eye to eye with the person that you're working with, that's an opportunity for you to sit back and watch what they're doing and see why they do what they do and try to give them and try to try to see it from their perspective. Um, They may be taking a different kind of approach than what you're going at. Uh, And then, like we always say, communication is key and being able to communicate and have honest conversations with people that you're working with. That Hey, like we may not see eye to eye. but This is how I see to do it. And then when you get the opportunity to teach, then you can show them your passion for them, your, your, your expectations and all that kind of stuff as well. So uh, it's difficult because you know, there's, especially when you're sharing equipment, you're sharing space, you're sharing activities and stuff, it's difficult when you don't see eye to eye perspective wise. But uh, being able to communicate, have that open dialogue and, and seeing it from their perspective will allow you to relax and not be so overwhelmed when you're in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Communication is definitely important. I think, um, this made me think of this quote I heard like a couple weeks ago yeah. and it was, uh, people don't quit jobs. They quit bosses. Yeah. That's like same thing. Like people don't quit jobs. They might quit a coworker. Correct. Cause like if it's this kind of situation where I'm going to have to work with somebody that I, just clash with so badly every day yeah i mean i'm probably gonna look for another job yeah like uh, unless there's a way for us to you know 
teach outside inside. Like I know when Marcus was student teaching with me, we did like an outside inside thing where one of us would teach inside, one would teach outside. Um, When Marcus and me were working together, it was like the total opposite of that. It was like total 100% synergy. Oh, man, it was easy. As as on the same page as you could be. Oh, yeah. We were on the same page. I mean, it's probably Um, why I've been doing the podcast 14 years later. Yeah, it's Yeah, it worked out. Um, So it just makes such a big difference. Like if you can't find a way to get on the same page, like in my mind for me, I know it's worth it for me to go and find a situation where I am on the same page with somebody. Yeah. And that's one reason why I ended up going elementary because when I was at the high school, I saw a lot of, I, I, I don't, he didn't say if he was high school or elementary, but I assume it seems like maybe a high school situation. Maybe a high school but situation. Yeah. If it's elementary, it's, if you're elementary team teaching, it's probably even a little bit harder because you have to be in, usually in the same gym, same yeah. together. But like even at the high school, it was tough because you have a lot of coaches that were really there just to coach and you had to share a gym with them. And I'm trying to do like a basketball unit on half the gym. And then the other coach is literally just like rolling the ball ball out and like on his computer. Yeah. So it's like my kids were like, what are, why we have to do this? Look at them. They're just like shooting around, shooting around playing. Yeah. So that made it almost impossible to teach, which is one reason why I decided I wanted to go elementary because I knew it would be easier to control the environment to build my own program Mm -hmm. to kind of have my own thing. And I kind of saw that and talking to my friends that were at other high schools, it seemed pretty common. Um, does so seem like tough, more of a situation, more of a secondary, you know, problem than than an elementary problem. But I mean, it's a problem everywhere. I mean, no matter where you work, no matter what situation you're in, you're not always going to agree with everybody. That's yeah. a good conversation to have with your students as well. It's like we're doing these cooperative activities. Mm-hmm. Everybody on your team, <laughs> you might not like everybody on your team. You might not like whoever is in your you know cohort, whatever like that, yeah. but. You still got to find ways to do it, and and um, it's just trying to put yourself in their perspective, where they're seeing it, where they where they how they view the situation going on, and then try to give them a little grace because you just, you you never know what people got going on at home. You just you just never know. Yeah, so. for sure. And I mean, you got to make the best of where you're at, make yeah. the best of what you have. Yeah. Um, but like long term thinking wise, if it seems like they're going to be in that it's, that environment's not going to change. I wouldn't in my brain be signing up for like another 15 years of that. You know yeah. what I mean? Oh, like yeah. You want to be in a healthy situation. So you kind of have to decide if you think it's something that you could change. And like the way to change it would be all the stuff Mark is talking about. Yeah. Having empathy, communicating with them, trying to find a way to inspire them. Um, but some people pretty hard to change. <laughs> so it might be easier to go and, find something and else. You can't control what other people do. Yeah. So you can only you control just, what you do. You only control you. So, yep. You can't control what other people do. What's the next one you got, man? All right. This one is, uh, again, from our member section. It's from about peer assessment. Hello, I I teach a PYP PE, and we are looking for a good self and peer assessment to end our partner collaborative games unit. The main theme of the unit is to teach the importance of listening, preach, resolving conflict, and general collaborative skills. Any ideas or resources would be much appreciated. Uh, so what are your ideas on the peer assessment and, you know, looking for some good, some good self and peer assessment during collaborating or any, any game unit or anything like that? Yeah. Um, I was trying to think like my, my brain went straight to like my favorite cooperative games, which would be like Kula Hut Relays, mm-hmm. 
across the river. I've never done a formal peer assessment with that. We've just like reflected and done our yeah, self-assessment. That's what I'm doing. Same thing. A um, reflection. I guess if you wanted to do a formal peer assessment, you could have like one of the teams watching mm-hmm. while you're playing the game. And then you could have a conversation afterwards about what did you see yeah. that was like showing that people were listening, communicating. Um, for me, that's like this kind of conversations we already have anyway with the yeah. whole group. So I would rather just have everybody playing. Or you could just do a little reflection at the end, um, like who who on your team was doing a great job listening. Maybe have the kids like fill out a little post-it note and give a compliment or shout out mm-hmm. the kids that were being really helpful on their team. Um, but my favorite team building games is Pool Hut Relay, Cross the River. Those are my two that I always get in classic. every year, no matter what. I'm going to find classic. a way to fit them in. Yeah, those are classics. Um, just because there's so many good conversations that come out of them related to everything you're talking about resolving conflicts mm-hmm. collaboration listening to each other communication um i don't know what you did you think of anything yeah i mean i think anytime that we're trying to do some like peer assessment that this is going to be like an upper grade level you know fourth fourth fifth grade type activity as well but yeah i'm taking those collaborative games and i'm taking if i have to i'm taking the last 15 20 minutes of a lesson and i'm saying i'm structuring it first like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. And then I'm giving students in their team a time to talk about the importance of the listening, collaborating, and then team to team talking about, hey, this is what we discussed, this is what you discussed. So you're basically turning your your reflection time at the end of the class into a guidance-type lesson. So this is – I'm going to front-load it before we teach the activity. Hey, I'm looking for you to give me some act, examples of resolving conflicts or – listening or and then i'm giving examples we're doing demonstrations we're doing the activity then at the end we're reflecting doing a little a role playing or anything like that as well so um, anytime i'm in that situation like that i'm going to front load it with the activity first and then do the activity and then i'm going to use that time at the end reflection time to to put into practice what we talked about before Um, and so if you have that situation you can definitely get with your guidance counselors about the stuff that they're talking about um, our guidance counselor was nice enough to send us their whole syllabus for the year. And so the things that they're talking about in class is the same things that we try to talk about as well. You know, being a good teammate or helping each other up or having empathy or using kindness or something like that. All those things are, are important for students to learn, especially in, in the time of mental health and all that kind of stuff. Just being able to label and do things like that. And then having that activity would be a good peer assessment if I'm ever in that situation. Yeah. Another thing I was thinking was um, a good resource to check out might be the uh, partner acceptance blog post. Yes. So like if you have, if you aren't familiar with that, we do this thing called um, the levels of partner acceptance where I'll just have like a whole lesson where I'm just going back and forth and, and I'm having the kids switch partners to do a different skill challenge every two or three minutes. And we practice how, like, the different ways that you can accept a partner. So yes. one, like, level one would be, you know, refusal to accept. Level two is um, when you're like, I guess so. Like, you're not really excited not about really it. Not really excited no, about it. you're yeah. still accepting. And then it goes all the way up to level four, which is like, yes, awesome. And you do fist bump and high five. Um, and just talking about that. And then, like you said, giving them a chance to practice it. So talk about it up front give them a lot of chances to switch partners and practice mm-hmm. um, accepting their different partners. So that was another one that might be good. And you could do an, ass- an easy like assessment on that. Like yeah. how many, how well did my class do accepting me as a partner? 
during our activities today. Yeah. Um, so that might be a good one. Yeah. Well, also, as uh, I've seen where, I mean, you have your, your whiteboard in the gym, and as they're reflecting and having that time, you're asking students to go up and write on the board what your group talked about. So that way you have, you know, the words up on the wall so students can see, hey, this is what we talked about resolving conflict. I take a turn, you take a turn, or we play rock, paper, scissors. Or, you know, again, you want to have that vocabulary and you want to label that and you want students to build it so they buy into it as well. So having it up on display for students to see is a great way for them to see the work that they're putting in is working and doing everything like that. Yeah, it's a good call, man. It's a good visual too, because they get to see it, not only hear it. Yeah, they see it, not only hear it. It's 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 clutch. Okay, here's a couple short answer ones for you. Okay. Uh, how do you deal with students that always want to go to the nurse for minor things? <laughs> uh, that's a that's a good one. Um, you could do it a couple of ways. One, you can go, hey, is it? Do we need an ambulance? Do we call need to call nine one one and have the, and go that approach? Or you can send them to the nurse. And as they're going to the nurse, you contact the nurse and say, hey, this or and then they're talking to parents or the teacher and say, hey, I'm going to make a tally mark every time you ask to go to the nurse. So that way you have a communication. You have that whatever you want to do. You want to make sure you have it documented and communication on there. So that for me, that's the three type approaches that I usually take it. uh, If it's a kid, that's what we call. We label it as a frequent flyer. Frequent flyer. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just always say, do your best, forget the rest. Like It's like, oh, yeah. you got another stomachache? Do your best, forget the rest. Do the best and forget the rest. You got a sprained ankle? Do your best, forget the rest. Yes. Um, and we also have, like, if they if they choose not to participate, I do have a little parent note form that we send home. Yeah. Um, but for my frequent flyer kids, that I, and it's all about knowing your kids. Like, it yeah. just comes down to, if you got that kid that's going to have an issue every day, you can't send them to the nurse unless that's what the nurse wants. Obviously, yeah. you got to check with your nurse and see um whereas some kids might have a medical issue they might need to go to the nurse but having those just about knowing your kids 504 and yeah, everything yeah. so make sure you got everything set that's my default is if i got a kid that i know is gonna every two second every other class i'm gonna do like your best do your best forget the rest man yeah, man. yeah. um we'll do one more yeah man let's do one more if you okay. got time yeah i got time got time yeah um how long is each class that you give and how is the structure of your class? All right. So uh, Ben and I have the same. We both have students 50 minutes for once a week. Uh, we structure our, our classes when we have a warm-up at the beginning, whether it's an instant activity or a walking and jogging. Uh, we do our stretching, practice our push-ups and curl-ups for building that muscular endurance and muscular strength. We get into the bulk of the lesson whether it's an activity or we're teaching the actual skill. And then we get into an application task and the students get a chance to um, either a formative or a summative assessment based on that. And then we do a, a reflection piece at the end and students are able to self-assess themselves as they leave the classroom. And so that's usually the structure for one class. And we usually structure our units in three to four weeks based on the activities that we're doing in that unit. Um, and then we have a, a, a blog post where we try to explain to you how we scope and sequence everything together. And we'll definitely link that up on there. But we do take that basic lesson and one class, combine it with the unit on there. And then we structure our year with those units based on 
what students are have available in their community or something that they basically can do on their own um, to stay active at home. So um, that's just a little bit of an overview of what we try to do each week based on what we have going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say if you're looking for like a big picture, Marcus said, yeah, three to four week unit. So like week one of a three to four week unit is usually skill building. Mm-hmm. And then three to four for most most of the units kind of depends on the unit you're teaching. But like the goal for third through fifth is usually to give them to a modified game. Yeah. K through second, you might continue with skill building for two weeks and do some station work with them. And then get them into some really simple modified games, maybe, maybe. depending on the class, <laughs> depending on the time of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the same format I use. Uh, one thing I try to do, remember for my closures, is um, to remember to do a, a review. Mm-hmm. So review the content you taught that day, preview of what's coming next week, and a thank you. And I always try to just end the class. The last thing I want my kids to hear me saying is thank you. Yeah. Like, thank you for putting in the work. Thank you for making mistakes and getting back up and not giving up. Yeah. And if there's, you know, a class that didn't do that, there's a few kids that did. So I'm talking to those kids. Yeah. You know, like I'm thanking the kids that need to get thanked. Correct. And hoping that through showing gratitude to them that the rest of them will start to buy in and realize like, oh, Coach Landers really cares if we like give effort and we try our best. Yeah. Um, so that's what I want my kids to always leave with is that thank you. Um, but I always try to get a review and a preview as well. And then we do our self-assessment out the door. Correct. So. Yeah. And then. I've, I've tried to incorporate that as well in there in our classes as well, but I've also tried to incorporate what we talked about last time we were presenting is like not trying to speed through everything. Yeah, man. It's just like slowing down and having a conversation. Even when I'm talking to students, I'm going to slow down like, Hey, like this is exactly what I need you to do. And I just want to say thank you for doing what you're supposed to do in class. And then that when you slow down, then you can have a conversation about why we're doing what we're doing in class and how we're relating this to your whole your whole curriculum, your whole as a student. We want you to be physically active for a lifetime. So this is why we're doing this activity. So you can practice doing this. And then this is what we're going to do next week. And again, thank you for doing that because now we have time to do the activity next week because you listened and follow direction this right. week. So just trying to slow down. Um, to give yourself a chance to communicate what you want to communicate to your students and not trying to rush through things. Um, and, and that it just comes with experience. It comes with time and, you know, and, and trying to figure out different ways to communicate with students, but just trying to slow down and make sure that students understand why you're doing what you're supposed to do in class. has been a really big help for us this year. Yeah, man. Slowing down is hard, but it's so you get so much more deeper with the kids if you can slow yes. down. And yeah. like, I think uh, it's, hard to even measure but it just it leaves them with a feeling of not being rushed yes and being able to like rest with the ideas they're learning yes because like for us we teach the same thing all week long all week long and it's like it comes comes so fast to us but like for a kid like i was playing an invasion game today i said at least six or seven times to all of my classes i would stop the class and be like are we in open space right now (laughs) You know, like it's just yeah. that that simple concept of open space, but like the kids don't understand it. Yeah, and you gotta slow down to be able to get those concepts and like talk For about sure. it. And let the kids like notice what's going on yeah. in the class that you're trying to teach them. Yeah. Um, so I think it's it's like quality over quantity. You know. Correct. Like it's better to get three tasks if you're really doing a great job of covering them than to get like six tasks in. Yeah. And feel like you finished everything you had yeah. planned. If you're rushing through it and all that, it's just 
if you feel like you're rushing through it, they're going to feel like they're rushing yeah. through it too. So slow down and enjoy the, enjoy the ride, man. Slow down and enjoy the ride. So. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Anything else you want to add on? No, nah, man. It's good to be back, man. I'm trying to, trying to figure out ways to do it because this is always a good dialogue to yeah. come in fellowship with you man so 100 man yeah for sure thank you guys for watching slash listening thank you um, thank you and uh we will try to do this more often hopefully it was helpful yeah and um thanks for being here bro appreciate you man thank you guys for listening hope you have an awesome day as always have fun and, and teach, teach on. on catch you later see ya Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Fizz Ed Q&A Show podcast. I hope it was so helpful and you got some serious value bombs out of it. Just wanted to let you know that this episode is sponsored by the PE Specialist Membership Community. It's an awesome crew of passionate PE teachers where we get together, brainstorm ideas, come to with common problems and provide feedback to each other. And we've got a ton of awesome resources like e-courses, online trainings, tutorials, a ton of unit and lesson plan samples, printable station signs, and cues posters, and I could keep on going, but I know you've got things to do. So I just wanted to let you know, if you want to check out the details and see if it might be a good fit for you, you can head on over to thepspecialist.com slash info for some more information. As always, have fun and teach on. Have a great day, guys.